do you know what? I'm going to try and say mm. my name a bit differently this time. Okay. Because I've realised that every time I go, well, I'm Ellis Reed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do it as well. A bit like Scooby Doo. So I might go for <laughs> I might go for something a bit different this time. Okay. Do you want to kick us off? Cool. <clears throat> hello, hello. And welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm El- No, that's wank. <laughs> that's wank. I'm Alice Reed. <laughs> This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Ellis Reed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Ellis Reed. And this evening, we are going to be reviewing a film called Mandy. Yes, we are. This is my choice this week. Um, we nearly watched a film called The House of Screaming Death, mm. which I'm really excited about, but... Although it looked like it had appeared on Amazon Prime when I clicked on it earlier this evening, it said video not available. Disappointing. So we're going to watch my second choice, which is Mandy. Um, and actually, I don't know much about this other than it's or been. Or do you? Because you know what you're. No, I really don't this time. Mm. So this is a recommendation from my friend Adam, and he described it to me as a feast for the ears and eyes, mm. and a psychedelic slasher. Interesting. Well, I'm intrigued because I know absolutely nothing about it apart from that you told me that it has Nicolas Cage in. That's pretty much all I got. I'm looking forward to it. Well, this has been quite a fact-free <laughs> <laughs> introductory session. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, let us play a bit of a jingle. Yeah. We'll watch the trailer and then I'm sure we will have more to say. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've just watched the trailer. That was pretty bonkers. It was mad. Yeah. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. It really reminded me of... I think I know what you're going to say. The, I was going to say, horror type, horror and scary films from when I was a kid. Like, it made me think of like films from like the 70s and 80s, that kind of period. Probably especially the 70s. And kind of fantasy films that you watched when you were a child as well. So that wasn't what I was predicting. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Those sorts of films. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That, that kind of era. Um, it just made me think of something that would have been made quite a while ago. So should we talk about what we saw? Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Where to start? I mean, so it, we started off and there's two people around a campfire yeah. Um, Nicholas Cage and another lady, Andrea Risborough. Is it her? Oh, good knowledge if it was. I just, literally just read the credits, <laughs> but anyway, might be her, might not be. You know how I roll. <laughs> so they're around a campfire looking lovingly into each other's eyes. Yeah. Um, and it looks a bit like a kind of, a bit of a sort of hippie 70s love film. 
Yeah. And then romance would be the word for it. And then it all went a bit bonkers. Um, suddenly there's sort of um, monsters appearing. Nicolas Cage is running around with a big axe. There was a um, chap who said, before the monsters appeared, I mm, need you to get me that woman. That woman, yeah. So somebody has, I think, the impression I got of it is an evil gang. Yeah. Kidnap in, her? Yeah. Uh. Or maybe even kill her. Mm. And Nicolas Cage, because you see him forging a very heavy metal-looking axe. Yeah. Uh, I think he goes on a revenge rampage. That is what I got from the trailer. I don't know if he's trying to get her back because she's still alive Mm. or he's trying to kill the people who killed her. Yeah. But I I would say it was one of one of those two scenarios. He seems like he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Which you But that might just be Nicolas Cage. That might just be Nicolas Cage. He never has anything to lose. (laughs) <laughs> I, he also had a big chainsaw at one bit, which slightly reminded me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And another bit where there was a guy in the car who looked a bit weird, and that reminded me of like the family in the Texas yeah, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre as well. I feel like, just from watching the trailer, I have a feeling this might be someone who really loves film in general and has been influenced by quite a few different genres and films over various ages. Looks really interesting. Yeah. Not what I was expecting. And I still don't know what to expect because it, it looks kind of bizarre, but I'm really, really intrigued. I'm quite excited about this one. Do you think it's set in the real world? Because I almost got the impression it was set in some maybe post-apocalyptic, like Mad Max, where maybe. evil gangs are ro- roaming around. It, Possibly, it, yeah. It didn't seem like there was a functioning civilization. No, and there was also... was There was some kind of monster, and some of it was even done... In the cartoon format. So it's really hard to tell, actually, at the moment. It could be a bit, yeah, yeah. It could be a bit like Kill Bill, where different sections are done in different styles. Or even like something like The Labyrinth, where it's a bit where you have human actors, but then also, you know, not puppets, but things presented in different ways. I don't know. Was, was quite hard to tell from the trailer because it was all very fast paced. We didn't really have much of an idea of a plot apart from, like you said, that it looks like this woman, Andy, I presume, has been kidnapped. It would be weird if that's Nicolas Cage's name. Because <laughs> 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 if his name was said, I didn't catch it. So. I don't, no, I don't think they did say it. Okay. So let's, uh, let's give our predicted scores. Okay. I'm going to go with a. Four out of five. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to have to go for a four as well. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's either it's one of those films that's either going to be a five or a three. I, was I would be exactly surprised if it is actually a four. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I have to give... Because I could mm-hmm. be sat there thinking this is a bit wanky and pretentious. But equally, I, at the end of it, I could just be my mind is blown. I love that film. Yeah. Well, when I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, I could almost be tempted to give this a five. But... Like you say, it could go either way. I was thinking the same. This could be a three or a five. So I'm going with a four. Yeah. Um, it's two hours long. Yeah. So if we're not enjoying it, we're going to not be enjoying it. For two hours. For two hours, yeah. Well, we've got Which is quite hours. long we've for a horror snacks. film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. We always have a snooze. Exactly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, all that remains to do now, play the jingle again, watch the film. See you on the other side. Yeah, let's mobilise.
Well, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was quite... It was a bit... I think it was a bit too long. Definitely. For, for what it was. But I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was quite different. It reminded me of, like I said previously, some of the kind of films, weirder films from my childhood. A bit Evil Dead in places, actually. Um, I definitely agree it was too long. And what I yeah. found frustrating was I don't think it was longer. So that was about two hours long. Hmm. And for me, the sweet spot for a horror film is about 80 to 90 minutes. Yeah. I like them quite lean. Now, that felt like an 80-minute film that had just been dragged out by having everyone speaking really slowly. Yeah. And moving really slowly. Yeah, and yeah. Actually, I think for me it was the the earlier part of the film that was too long. Once it kind of got going, it felt like, you you know, when things were happening, um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I think when the lead character kind of goes on his mission, as it were, it all started speeding up and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fine. This doesn't feel slow. But the beginning was a bit drawn out more than it needed to be, I think. So I think we can probably talk quite a bit about the beginning without that being mm. too much of a spoiler. Yeah. To, like I would like to say stuff pre-jingle. Of course. About how... So I just found... I actually found the aesthetic stuff a bit tiresome with, like, if I was then living in that like sort of happened. love shack they mm. set up, yeah. Like, after a while, I'd be like, you know what, can we turn that red lava lamp off? <laughs> just put yeah. the light on, get a bit of light in here. Like, so, I, I'm just bathed in red. Mm. I'm bathed in red all the time. Saying I can't that, see. though, I quite liked that you couldn't always make out the faces of everybody, which made the scary characters scarier because you couldn't really see them properly, if you know what I mean. So you couldn't exactly see the monster, which I always think makes the monster scarier. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I liked about the lighting because you were always try- you were kind of peering through trying to see what they look like and you couldn't quite. And I quite like that. I could understand it more in scenes like that. Mm. than I could when they're just lying in bed. Yeah, yeah. Having a, a, you know, a bit of chit-chat about what their favourite planet is. But like at 50% speed. Yeah, So yeah. They're, they're bathed in red light, lying in bed. But they're hippies, man. They have to talk slowly. Oh, my word. I know. I know. It would drive me nuts. <laughs> if I was in that cabin, it would drive me nuts. I'd be like, come on, guys, come on. This is silly. Let's turn the light on. And talk at normal talk speed. At normal speed. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't do then, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> well, how could you? You've been watching that film for two hours. Yeah, it's fried my mind. Uh, no, I I actually enjoyed it. I it wasn't. It was one of those. It was one of those films where the plot has many holes, and in many ways it was crappy. But I think I enjoyed it because, like I say, it reminded me a bit of some some childhood and teenage. Hood films yeah. that I'd watched previously, and I, I quite like that. I thought it was a bit different. Should we do our stars then? Yeah, and then go into spoiler territory. Let's do it. I'm still going to go with four. I'm going to go with one and a half. Wow, you really didn't care for it. Did I you? was just really <laughs> bored. Uh, and actually, what I will say, hmm. if it had been set in some weird Mad Max world, yeah, 
I think I would have been a lot more forgiving of the weirdness. Mm. But because I knew it was set somewhere in the States in 1983, I judged them like I would judge people in real life. If it was a nuclear wilderness, mm. I'd be like, all right, you probably don't have much on your to-do list. <laughs> what was it? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, true. But was it definitely the, the States or what? and the, the world that we live in? I don't know if it definitely was. Uh, it was the year, yes. It was yeah. definitely the 80s, but I don't think they ever said it was Earth necessarily. I mean, you'd figure it was, but... Okay. I don't know. We can continue this conversation after the jingle. Let's go to jingle. Yay! Post jingle, so... We can really go into the details now. Yeah, we can spoil it to our heart's content. So if you've not seen it yet and you think you might want to, now is the time to switch off. So, I can see why you didn't like it very much. Because it was a bit slow. The plot was a bit ridiculous. Should we tell them what the plot is? Yeah, that might be a good idea. So basically, fill in the gaps where you want to, because I'll probably leave out a lot of it. <laughs> you know what I'm like with plots. So the basically the main character in the story, Mandy, she's living in this little hippie cabin in the woods with her boyfriend Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. And Nicholas Cage might be a blacksmith, we're not sure. Um but doesn't seem to do a lot and neither does she. So they're all loved up in this little cabin in the woods. And then one day while she's out walking, a group of God Squad cult hippies are out driving. Yep. They see her and the leader takes a shine to her. few things happen, but basically then they decide to kidnap her. So I think it's like maybe like the next day they go, the little gang go out, his kind of henchmen. They kind of blow into this little shell and suddenly these sort of weird subhuman bikers come along. They reminded me a bit when they first appeared. Mm. If you've ever seen the Hellraiser film. Yes, I thought Hellraiser. There was yes. something a little bit... It was the spikes yeah, and stuff, yeah. I think, on their arms and faces. And a bit stuff. like the Cenobites, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So these, this little Hellraiser squad come along and they kidnap her. So all's going to plan, but kind of unravels a bit where when the cult leader comes on to her and she basically laughs in his face. So it was quite quite a come on, wasn't it? It was very yeah. bold. Well, he's standing there, cock and bollocks out. Playing his own record. Yeah, which is shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty bad, yeah. And then when she starts laughing at him, because basically with all his cult mates in the room, yeah. he... Well, she showed him up, didn't she, really? Yeah, he undoes his robe. So it's full frontal on the screen. And then she starts laughing at him. So his his pride is somewhat wounded, the big cult Mm. leader in front of his gang. She's also high as a kite at this point. Yeah. Because some weird old woman puts a beetle in her neck. And I was like, could they not have just taken LSD? I think the eye drops they gave her were LSD. Oh, so what was the what was the weird Well she said that was the cherry on the cake. 
So, so maybe some sort of insect sting that was also hallucinogenic. That makes it know. just that bit better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll have to try that next time I'm out clubbing. <laughs> just stick a, a wasp in your neck. Ooh, lovely. <laughs> so they're doing all this. Meanwhile, Nicolas Cage is tied up in the back garden, also kind of taken hostage while this guy's coming on to her. She laughs in, in cult leader's face. The next thing we see is they bring out a bag and proceed to burn her in front of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Obviously killing her. They stab him as well, but leave him alive and then they all depart. So that was my biggest disappointment of the film. Mm. Because cause you've basically got all these Instagram filters over the whole film. Yeah, yeah. Like filter upon filter upon filter. There's so much colour and overexposure, it's hard to work out what's going on. When they brought her out with the her in, the back. in a sack mm. over one of their shoulders, my eyes got confused mm. and I thought that a giant squid with legs oh, yeah. had just walked out of the house. <laughs> and I was like, finally, this film's getting interesting. But no. Like, I, I, I was thinking... in a bag. Yeah, I still don't know what's going on. But I want to see what they do with this giant squid, squid with yeah. legs. <laughs> so I was gutted when the fog cleared and I realised it was just Mandy in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a disappointment for you. Yeah, granted. But, uh... <laughs> I, th- I think we can sum up the rest of the plot in one line, mm. which is, I nearly called him Mad Max then. Nicholas... It's, it's very Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very, yeah. Nicholas Cage goes, gets a crossbow, forges um, like a Lord of the Rings style axe. I mean, by that is an axe and a half, isn't it? To be fair, it is. I mean, this is why I thought he must be a blacksmith because otherwise, would you have, would you have the metal to hand? No, the skills, definitely the, the mould for the axe. I mean, that's going to yeah, take yeah. him a bit of time, especially. If my wife had just been burnt in front of me, maybe alive, bit grim, I don't think the first thing I'd think of would be, right, going to make a massive axe now. Because it takes quite a lot of skill and effort, and we already know he had a crossbow. Yeah. So didn't necessarily need to make an axe. Oh, so if I'm in the States, I'd probably just go and get a gun. Yeah. If I'm honest. (laughs) Any kind of massive weapon that you can just buy down Walmart, you yeah. know, so you're sorted. But he made but the... But he did. Yeah. He made this magic, massive axe, um, forged at Mordor. And um, then he tracked them down one by one and killed them. Basically. And that is yeah. the plot. One scene I really liked, um, which I thought was good acting on Nicolas Cage's part, was the bit where she's just been killed and he doesn't really know what to do with himself. And he goes into the bathroom and proceeds to drink that bottle of spirits while sobbing and screaming. I quite like that bit. I thought that was quite realistic in a weird way. It was classic Nicolas Cage as well. It was. Classic Cage, yeah. Yeah, that bit was fine. Yeah, quite like that. Going back to the whole weird filter over the film, I think that was largely to do with the fact that a lot of the film is about the fact that they're all on LSD. Yeah, yeah. And I think... What the director had tried to do with that was make us feel like we were as well. Yeah. So I definitely I felt like it. my head was a bit fried. Yeah. I felt like I was on... I mean, not that I was on LSD, but like 
I was a bit out of it. And I was a bit like, what's going on? I can't quite... And like I say, because of the filter, I can't quite see what's happening. I can't quite see what these beasts are. And that was all a bit weird. So I quite liked that. I thought it was a bit different. Or at least something that hasn't been done for quite a while. So I quite liked that as an artistic choice. Hmm. I didn't think it was very artfully done. Oh, okay. And I think I, I sort of remember a bit early on where there's an outdoor scene and the colours look a bit unreal. Mm. And there was like almost like a blue band, like almost like they just stuck one colour on the bottom half of the screen and another colour on the top. Yeah. And the two had sort of overlapped and made a bit of a band of a different colour. And, oh, yeah. and they'd gone, oh, sorry, it'll do. Whereas if you watch a film like The Colour Out of Space, mm-hmm. also with Nicolas Cage, which have you seen? No. So there's a lot of use of colour in that as well. And I just felt it was better executed. Okay. Um, we're getting down to aesthetics now. We are. That's purely personal preference. I think with that type of film, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. You've kind of got to take it for being something a bit different and artistic. For example, the plot was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what the hell were those... What the hell was the biker gang? Because I thought they were sort of something some kind of monsters that were being called from some sort of parallel universe. But then you sort of find out that they've just taken a lot of LSD. And yeah. W- yeah. <laughs> become, like, mutated somehow. Yeah. One of them has uh, a giant, sharp spike. Another one is, like you said, like a bit Hellraiser-esque, covered in pin things, and the other one's kind of got a bit of a, like, got a bit of a sort of, like, serpent face. But again, because of the colours, you couldn't properly see. Yeah. It's not like you could look at them straight on and see exactly what they look I like. I know which one you mean. He looked yeah. like Voldemort with cling film on his face. Yes, the one that fell down the hole. So I think it was one of those films where you've got to kind of just enjoy it for what it is. You can't really go, that doesn't make sense, and what the hell were they doing there? Because I, I feel like it was almost like a music video. I, I think... Do you know what I mean? I think that's why it made me weary. Uh, I think okay. I think if that film... Mm. It'd be maybe 75 minutes long and some of the dialogue had popped a bit more and not seemed so drawn out and slow. Mm. Like I found it hard to warm to the characters at the start because they were just having these conversations where they were saying nothing of interest. Like I say, at 50% (laughs) speed. How long have they been together if they're still having those ridiculous conversations? Like what's your favourite planet? (laughs) Did I ever tell you about the Starlings? Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think you did. Oh, uh, let me tell you about... It. Let me tell you a horrendous story for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Is is this going to be pertinent later? No. No. Also, she pulled that out of nowhere. I remember what happened. Mm. They were cuddled up and Nicolas Cage was asleep. Yes. And I don't know if he was fidgeting or something. Mm. She went... Um, are you awake? And he went, yeah, yeah. And she said, you were having a bad dream. Oh, yeah. So she roused him from a nightmare and then thought, I know what will settle your nerves. <laughs> let me Let me tell you a story about how my dad made a bunch of kids. <laughs> Kill baby birds with a crowbar. Crowbar, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and it took quite a long time for her to get through the story. And oh, it had nothing yeah, to do with anything. Slow. I thought it was going to come up later, something about the Starlings, where she'd have to, like, 
step up because she'd run away when she was a girl or it would come out that she hadn't run away and she had killed the starlings or it but it was literally there for no reason yeah so that yeah i was a bit like pointless because it was horrible um yeah i thought the bad guys i couldn't really get behind as bad guys because they just seemed like a bunch of clowns well they were henchmen weren't they really and also but jeremiah as well oh he was when he's knobbed yeah so I think I think they were maybe channeling a bit of Charles Manson there because Charles Manson, yes. before he became crazy, was trying to make it as a musician, mm. but almost played for ridicule, yeah, rather than menace. Yes, yeah. You weren't you weren't you weren't really scared of any of them particularly. No. Um, I also felt like Nicolas Cage killed everybody a bit too quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like those bad guys, they're supposed to be like. Badass and massive, and that was a problem. They were the yeah. first ones he yeah. killed. And were then, the scary demon bikers? Yeah, we know the family's going to be easy to kill. They're just like an old woman, a few skinny little guys, and that other lady. But yet they were left to last, which yeah. I always think is a bit of a mistake to do that because you leave the big boss to last, don't you? You do it in films, video games. The big boss, the hardest one, is the one you kill last. And it was like, yeah, yeah. oh, you've killed all these big bad guys. So, what? We know you're going to kill the rest of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I liked the imagery around, like, the temple and when he, like, set it on fire. That was all quite nice, you know, aesthetically pleasing. So I'm actually really glad you um, enjoyed it because I felt a bit like... I was sat there for two hours thinking, I can't believe I've inflicted this on Anna. No, no, I quite, I quite liked it. It was something different and I know I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Definitely. So in terms of score, you enjoyed it more than, um, the taking of Deborah Logan. I mean, I, you know, I've got a soft spot for Debs because <laughs> she's an absolute classic. But in terms of, I think I think it was because it was different, and I I always feel like fair play to to a director for trying something really yeah. different. The taking of Deborah Logan I enjoyed because we had a laugh about it, but it was nothing different. It was just kind of typical horror movie type stuff that I've seen a lot of times, and you know, obviously to not exactly the same as that. But there was mm. there was nothing to go wow about. That's why I still kind of stand by my score with this one and would score it a little higher because it was just unusual. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we do... Mm. Rotten Tomatoes. It's all right. I've got a drum roll sample there. <laughs> do you remember? I put that in Hereditary. Did you notice? You did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Although, so we... do you not think mine was better? Oh, we'll yeah. use them both. We'll use them both. Come on, Alice. Mine is fantastic. We've got, um, so we've got to oh. guess what we think the score is. Yes. Don't worry. I'm just, um, it takes a bit of time. I'm just getting it up. Now, it's even though I was time. massively underwhelmed by this, mm. I know it's got a lot of good word of mouth. I know okay. people do like it. So I'm going to go for 60%. Ooh. I'll go for around 60. I think I people like that. it more than I do. I'm going to go then. 68. Let's find it. Mandy. Oh, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just right. thinking that. I'm going to have that stuck in, my, stuck in my head for days. Okay, so it's... Now, oh, remind me... Just before we get the score, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I forgot to say, another thing that started to grow out on me was the soundtrack. 
So when the film started, when they were playing the King Crimson track, yeah, I was thinking, like that, I'm you? loving yeah. this soundtrack. But for the rest of the film, it was like this sort of doom metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That Again, is my impression. Very, a very good impression, <laughs> if I might add. It, it was very 80s, though, wasn't it? Like, even down to films like... Uh, reminded me of The NeverEnding Story, parts of that, weirdly. Because it's, really? <laughs> it's that sort of, like, dramatic, weird 80s tinny music that they used to use in films a bit. Um, the NeverEnding Story wasn't the best example of that, but... <laughs> <laughs> All, all I can remember is the song, The Never Ending Story. <laughs> what never ending story. Not that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I remember no. it well enough. I just remember him flying around on a giant dog's head. Ah! <laughs> 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 dog that flew through the sky. <laughs> Alcohol, that was what I watched that film too much. Right, so, remind me now. Here comes Nana. Is it <laughs> the Tomatometer or the audience score? Or neither? The Tomatometer. <laughs> the Tomatometer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so, drum roll, please. The Tomatometer says... Ninety-one <laughs> percent. You're shitting me. <laughs> yes. Ninety-one Bloody hellfire. So you know someone was enjoying it, and the audience score was. Hang on, and that's got to be based on at least a hundred reviews, because ninety-one. Mm. What else does it divide by? Well, they've put a uh, total count two hundred and forty-three. Wowzers! Mm. Like if it had been something like. 90%. I would have thought, okay, it's got 10 reviews. <laughs> you know, but, but no, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Good point. Um, the audience score is 66%. So we have the critics' consensus. Let's do it. Mandy's gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage and anchored with palpable emotion conveyed between his volcanic outbursts. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> a bit, a bit <laughs> dubious about that. Well, let's find critics review, yeah? Do we want a splodge or a tomato? Let's start with a tomato, let's just the snippet. Yeah. Okay. Hyperstylized and ultraviolent, Mandy is an amped up theological trip into pulp's purest quintessence. 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 Who's that by? That is by Sight and Sound. Are they a top reviewer? Yeah, top critic. Yeah. yeah. Not surprised. Um, God, maybe I'm on the wrong side of history here. Well, I don't know. I just I mean... thought it was wank. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got, we've got a splodge. Okay, yeah, let's um, have an example of one of the minority of bad reviews. I didn't much care for the film, but I can see how it might appeal to gorehounds and fans of genre cinema. That was Chicago Reader. So that's quite a muted bad review. Yeah, it's not like... They didn't pan it. It's not like it was wank, is Yeah, it? it was just like, not for me, but it has an audience. Ellis Magazine. <laughs> Ellis Magazine. <laughs> um, right. Uh, any more frameworks? Some... 
Okay, we've got... So another tomato. As a bereaved lover out for blood, Cage is unstingingly, resolutely fantastic in the hack-and-slash 1980s genre homage. Oh. Homage fray. Must take it seriously. Must take it seriously. No, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) We've got another splodge. Let's have one more splodge. One more splodge for the road. And then I'll just have to admit that I'm in the minority. Well, see what's... This guy says, this is from moviecrypt.com. There is a sense of raw filmmaking and imagery herein, coupled with throwbacks to 1980s post-apocalypse sci-fi and fantasy, but the underfunded and under-edited final cut drags like a battleship anchor holding back a rowboat. That I agree with. There you go. I think that, that sums up my... Yeah. I thought that, that would go down My well displeasure. But actually, I have to admit, as much as I enjoyed it and was quite pro i'm surprised there wasn't more well more of your type of reviews just wank kind of review you know i there's a lot because even the splodges are quite um positive really yeah 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 like it's like quite muted criticism but i'm actually i'm actually happy with that because i always feel bad when i don't like something yeah. So I would I prefer it to be, well, it just wasn't for me, but obviously it is good because a lot of people love it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to feel bad for it, you know. Yeah. You, it, it, I always feel bad for a, a film <laughs> when everyone, everyone thinks it's shit. Do you know what I do too? Because you know the writers and directors and producers, more, well, most of the time have put a lot of effort into it and clearly loved it to some degree to want to make it and, and invest in yeah. it. And so many people who are like working on the production who are proud that it's coming out. Yeah. And then it gets panned. So So yeah, it's good. It's good. Um should we? Because hmm. we always forget, decide what film we're gonna watch next week. Yeah. So we all our many fans at home <laughs> <laughs> can can prepare. Yeah, can watch along with us. Yeah, and this is well. Now we have to think of one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all right. We can take as long as we like, and then cut it out. Oh yeah, good point. We can edit it down. So what? What horror oh, films have yeah. we seen? Okay, what have we not seen? The newer ones or older ones? Oh yeah, we could watch an older one, couldn't mm. we? We could watch a classic like The Innocence or something. We could watch a classic. I've, I've been thinking about that because it doesn't necessarily need to be a, a newer one. So I, I've so the innocence is might be one of the classics. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. Should Maybe we do the we innocence? Watch it. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Deal. So, so next week we will be watching the, the innocence. innocence. As if Excellent. by magic we did that at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Brilliant. Well, I think that's cool. all from me. I think that's all from me. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. <laughs> <laughs>